Hello, this is Drake Mickles with the Kitchen Question. Uh, just real quick, let you know that we're going to try and start recording and releasing at least every week to two weeks with some new jobs. I think we'll have a chance of doing that. Um, if anybody has any questions or anything, you can always email us at cageequation, that's C-A-G-E-Q-U-A-T-I-O-N at gmail.com. If there's any of the three listeners who want to ask anything or have us do anything, please let us know. And now our new episode about Captain Corelli's mandolin. Hello and welcome to The Cage Equation with Malcolm Mickelson and me, Drake Mickelson. Each episode we will assign where the blame lays and spoiling a perfect Nicholas Cage performance. To apply the Cage Equation, we will start with Cage's Perfect 100 and subtract the Metacritic score, which gives us the points nicked, which we will split then between the director, writers, and Cage stars, and anyone else we feel might be to blame. This episode, we're looking at Captain Corelli's Mandolin. It was released in 2001, had a running time of 129 minutes, a budget of $57 million, made $62 million, so it actually made a little bit of money. Was directed by John Madden, written by Sean Slovo, based on a novel also called Captain Crowley's Mandolin. Nicholas Cage, Penelope Cruz, John Hurt, and Christian Bale, and a cast of thousands were included in this movie. It was set on a Greek isle that was invaded by the Italians and the Germans during World War II. Captain Corelli and his mandolin are played by Nicholas Cage. Malcolm, how did you enjoy this movie? Well, before that, I think this is the first time you've ever gotten the intro on the first try. Thank you. Yes. I Yeah. It was, outside of Nicolas Cage, abysmal. It, it wasn't a, a fun watch. It was the worst thing in the world. It was boring. Yeah. I don't... We I've watched it twice, and I still I still don't remember. I was just telling you right before we started. I'm reading quotes, and I don't know when they're from. I thought the quotes would remind me when they're from. <laughs> they don't. I don't. I don't remember anything. I was watching it, and I think I watched it until three or four. I don't know. I kept watching bits and pieces, and I fell asleep several times. And I watched it the last time, so it took us a couple weeks to get to this one, and. <laughs> The funny thing was, is as I'm watching it, I didn't remember parts that I know I watched. I didn't remember the order of anything. I didn't even remember some of the stuff happening. Not that anything really happened. I timed the first, in the first bit of it, the, the timing of it, I think it was like 20 to 30 minutes into it before anything actually happened. Yeah. Uh, I guess we can start with Nicolas Cage. He was the only one doing an appropriate accent, I think, in the entire movie, other than the background German soldiers. Yeah, and well, I think that the Nazi captain was doing fine with his too. The Germans always were all covered the bases. I don't know what I don't know what is Christian Bale, what that was. And was he doing an accent? It was, but I don't know. I don't He's know. It's kind of high pitched. Yeah, I don't know enough about Greek accents versus you know Italian. It almost sounded like he was trying to match an Italian accent, but who knows if that's what it is and you couldn't tell because no one else around it had seemed to have the same accent no it was all over the place but nicholas cage learned allegedly learned how to play a mandolin for this and his instructor said he was incredible natural at it and you can tell you can tell when he plays that there's a real passion there and he really feels this the orchestra with him that was actually one of the few funny parts is when he's just sitting there tapping the mandolin 
It reminded me in, of The Office when Andy's going to do the the generation dances, uh-huh. but and he's he doesn't have the music and he gets interrupted in the middle. I was hoping he was going to restart the tapping from the top. I thought it was pretty close to getting. He's about to do it. I. It was also I saw in the interview they they asked him about that. They said everyone was impressed by your mandolin playing. He goes, he goes, I can't play. And he goes, it was like a couple months after the movie. He goes, I I can't do it anymore. He goes, I learned muscle memory for a few songs, and then that was it. So they were beautiful songs. They were. Yeah, he actually. I mean, it was was well. T- I mean, the timing was right. Everything was right on it. Yeah, yeah. That's. I think that's all the positives, right? I just the positives. The other thing, I I'm not so sure. There's there is a lot of stuff on the internet about the possibility that that may not be the best Italian accent ever committed to film. Well, they're wrong. The thespian does extensive research. He's a Academy Award winning actor. You think he came in without without knowing an Italian accent? That and the Italian laugh, too. His laugh was hilarious. A true Italian laugh. Absolutely. It was maybe his most subdued. This is that weird era where he was trying to be a really serious actor. That's not when he does his best work. When he does his best work is when he is an incredibly talented actor, which is when they just let him be free. Let him be Nicky. Let loose Nicky Cage. There were a lot of problems. Okay, if we and if we want to talk about anything, I mean... Obviously, he did a great job with his performance. Um, his depiction of when he lost his hearing for a slight amount of time was good. Everything was, I mean, he's Nicolas Cage, what can we say? There were a couple other good points to the movie, which were completely wasted. Things like the cinematography. The war scene was really good. Very brutal and really good. I didn't realize we were watching a rated R movie until that scene happened. It was a, it was a good little fight scene. I think it's like three minutes long. Yeah, and then there's the planes flying over and all that stuff. There's like this that one little set piece of that. You could tell somebody had really planned that out. And the cinematography, like I said, was beautiful. The island was shot well. The lighting was great. But everything else just started falling apart almost from the beginning. It was just, well, slowly falling apart. If it would have been a horrible movie, it would have been even better than whatever it was. It was just boring. So what are we going to go through first? Are we going to go through a little bit on the actors, writers, director? Oh, let's do the director because I think we already kind of talked about it. I, I thought the directing was, I thought it was good. He's done, he did Shakespeare in Love, Best Exotic Marigold Hunter. Oh, he's a good director. I yeah. just don't, I don't think there was a single thing he could have done real quick. Sorry, I'm on his IMDb. Did you know there was a second best exotic Marigold Hotel? No, I did not. Oh. I didn't even know there was a best one. 2011 and 2015. I missed those. You didn't miss anything. He's a confident director. I mean, he's he's good. And like I said, the cinematography, they got the war scene obviously showed there's some skill and stuff there. But I think there's a couple things that went on. First of all, he isn't the original director that was attached to the movie. The original director. Roger Mitchell. Roger Mitchell, who's actually also done some some good stuff too. But he had a heart attack and they had to flip this guy into it. So he kind of got thrown into, into the whole thing. I think this is one of those kind of movies that if it isn't done right, it turns into what this one was. Um, I'm not sure if it could have been done right, but yeah, he did fine. I, it, it, he didn't ruin anything. There were some interesting choices after that first battle scene, when the second invasion happened, there seemed to be their version of the war was the same troop carrier with, with all the guys. And they would drive into a, a square and everyone would get out. And then they'd show another one driving somewhere else and all the troops would get out. It was just, well, they had spent the whole budget at that point. Yeah. But they had that and they had the collapsing house. Those are big set pieces. And the collapsing house 
beautifully done. I don't know why it happened. Was well, was that insinuated at all? Yes, at the, be- at the beginning, okay. because John Hurt told Nicolas Cage that in this country, it was punctuated by bloodbaths and massacres and and earthquakes on that island. So that's what oh, happened. That was a, that was an earthquake for the whole island because yeah, the they whole, the they whole only island showed they only showed the one house crumbling, and I don't think there was any build up to it. I think the house just started falling apart. Yeah, I think it was. Oh, it, this goes into the writing. I think the problem was it was a very long, involved book that had that the romance story that this movie was about was a very small part of. I have a question about that. Yeah. So the the trivia on IMDb, which is infallible, I hope, says he rewrote the book thirty five times to ensure he had gotten details told to him by locals as accurate as possible. I guess my question is when you. If you're getting them accurate, do you have to rewrite it 35 times? It seems like the most accurate version would be the version you took when you first <laughs> sat down with that person. I don't know. And then, well, and then because I didn't really, I've never read the book. The book is supposed to be really good, obviously, or else it wouldn't have made, they probably wouldn't have made the movie. But it, yeah, it was a long involved story that the main complaints were that they skipped over like the first third of the book. Because a lot of this was the fact that they set up the whole village and who everybody was and everybody's relationship to everybody. And then the war happened. And then the Italians showed up and the Germans showed up and all this sort of stuff. It's not, you know, they, Is it like a World War Z thing where it's just a bunch of stories? No, no. I think it was a, it was oh. it, it was just a, a novel where you had a bunch of different people threaded through. And it, it was a very complicated multi. I mean, there were a lot of people. Throughout the whole book, uh, Christian Bale's character was completely different. He's explained a lot more, and then he became a truly awful person at the end. So um, he it's the reverse, because he kind of was an awful person. Well, you know, an immature person. And then he comes back, and they kind of portray him as being unreasonable when he comes back. But he seems to be the only one concerned about the Italians and the Germans stationed on the <laughs> island. Well, no one seems to actually be too concerned about the Italians. That's, I, I think it's a whole part of the book, also, in the movie is they seem to kind of just ignore the whole fascism thing. I think we talked about before we watched the movie, which was my concern was I was supposed to empathize a fascist commander coming in. And I guess his redeemable quality is that they're all kind of fun loving guys. They had the little beach scene, like it was top gun. Yeah. I don't think they'd ever actually seen any real action for the most part. So they never had to make any hard choices. I would say also when they, they had to make the hard choices when, you know, they tried to just leave. They tried to take their guns with them. And then when the Germans did the bad things that, you know, they're supposed to do in the movies, then they tried to give all their guns to the Greeks. Yeah. So Christian Bale's character, I actually liked them. I thought he was the only interesting other plot, but they don't really show any of the resistance except for when it's in relation to Nicolas Cage. Other than that, I guess I'm moving on to actors and maybe writing all tied in together. I don't think anyone was filming the same movie. Not a single soul. I don't think anyone was filming the same movie. Not a single soul. No, and they weren't filming in the same country either. I mean, John Hurt had an English accent. Penelope Cruz had a a Spanish accent. Christian Bale had whatever Christian Bale was doing. What is, is Christian Bale? Is he English he's, or? He's British. He's British? Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
It always so, surprises me when I see him because I I I don't know if I've ever seen him in a movie with his even close to his normal accent. Yeah. So, and then yeah. Nicholas Cage is there doing doing the Italian accent, and then I think most of the people that were cast throughout there were actually a lot. Of, there were actually a lot of great people, and you know, yeah, to to lend authenticity to it. But it made it worse though because then you you understood just how far off. <laughs> <laughs> the three main actors who were supposed to be Greek were from everyone else around them. I think Penelope Cruz was trying a little bit with an accent. John Hurt just didn't care. No, he also yeah. looks like he just went and sat in front of a tanning bed for like three weeks before he showed up. He has like a farmer's tan throughout the entire thing. Oh man, I there just wasn't. It, it's it, it's hard to describe the sheer boredom it is to watch this thing. It was just. The plot, there were no plot twists. I think the actual plot was maybe 10 minutes of this movie. Oh, there's two plots. I guess the it doesn't the romance doesn't really move forward because I think it seemed like from the time Nicolas Cage got there until the little revolt was supposed to be a really small amount of time. Mm -hmm. So they stayed true to that, but then they tried to squeeze a bunch of, of romance moments throughout. I don't even remember. Because the whole thing doesn't, I don't even know how he gets her to fall in love with him. I, I couldn't explain it. There, there wasn't any part. Yeah, he was just there and she kept looking at him and oh, I like him better than I like. Which makes her an awful, I mean, so she just thinks he's cuter. He plays seems mandolin. To be, yeah, there you go. He's a musician. So, and he's supposed to, yeah, the, the whole character, his whole character is supposed to be like this, this breath of fresh air and this whole different, you know, game changing kind of guy that, that changes I mean, even makes the Nazi commander or change his mind for a few seconds and kind of try and be more a better person. But they don't set him up to do anything to do that other than to play his mandolin once in a while. There's nothing as far as the war is going on that's really horrible for any of them to see because they're not actually seeing the war. So I, it, it's really hard to tell what what was other than the threat of the war, what was going on. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I guess the big moment where you're supposed to know he's a good person is that John Hurt gets the commander to come live with them so he can keep getting medical supplies. Mm -hmm. But he's also doing medical work for the the invading forces. And so afterwards, when Nicolas Cage moves out, he's like, oh, you'll still get, I'll make sure you still get your medical supplies. I have a feeling if that's the doctor taking care of your invading forces, you're probably sending those either way. And actually, they did. They actually he went to go get them, and the guy said, "This is all we got." They took all of our stuff because they're all of our troops are suffering from malaria or something going on, and they, they don't even know what's going on because it is the '40s, and there's not any, there's no news or anything else going on. So it, it was just oh, it was so boring. It was. John Hurts gives the most canned love advice of all time throughout. Yes. Hey, what What was his really deep, insightful? It was like, "Oh, give your wife." your jacket if she's cold and do your chores before she asks you to if you really love her i i, I think that's pretty close to what he says in the movie at the, at the yeah he's at the end he's talking because the guy there's a like a i suppose it's supposed to be the, the comedy part where he cures a guy he can't hear and the guy comes back at the end of the movie and asks him to to put the grapes here or whatever that was in his ear that made him not able to hear put it back in because his, you know, he, all he hears is his wife complaining all the time but then John Hurt, then also he looks at, and he sees that his, maybe the worst father, not not a good father, because he, I understand he's he's ahead of his time. And he wants his daughter to be a doctor. So good, kudos to that. But 
um, a captain of a fascist regime that has invaded the country and taken them over, is made Gugu eyes his daughter from across the way. His daughter is like trying to stay away from him. And so he can to Nicolas Cage and tells him the story about how the same thing happened to him and his wife, but he just kept pursuing her, yeah. kept pursuing her. He just gotta, you know, wear her down. That's how you that's how you make her love you. Now that may just be because he did not like Christian Bale at all. Which I gotta tell you, after that scene with the way he ties her hands to the chair as a joke. That was I. Oh, the whole point, right, was to show like, oh, you know, he was a kid before he left, even though he looks like he's thirty-five, and then he comes <laughs> back from war, and he's he's not, you know, I don't think he goofs off again for the rest of the movie. No, I did find the quote: "If you love your wife, my advice is to be nice to her. Bring in the wood before she asks. If she is cold, then put your shawl around her shoulders and bring her a flower every time you come back from the field." That's the deep advice they could write. Yeah. He also says when you're falling in love, it's a temporary madness. Yeah, they give him this. It's it's it erupts like an earthquake and then it subsides. There you go. That that was from earlier in the movie, and that's that's why you had the earthquake because after the earthquake, it's a metaphor, Malcolm. It's a metaphor. I think you give him too much credit. I don't know if whoever adapted this to screen knew what a metaphor was. Okay. Uh-oh. Yeah, uh, sorry. There's not a whole lot to even talk about. There was nope. Yeah, no accents. No one knew what was going on. I don't know why Christian Bale was in this. One other piece I found, a trivia I found that he loved and admired Nicholas's Cage's performance in Vampire. The Vampire. Yeah, Kiss of the Vampire. I think he didn't. He say that he took some of Norm, not Norman Bates, American Psycho. He took in some of the craziness from that. I think he said for American Psycho. Yeah, I think he's almost channeling some of it during this performance in this movie, too, when he's doing the, at the beginning. He, he was really going for it a lot of times. He was really selling it. Where was John Hurt at? Okay, this is, I, I wanted to ask this before. Is John Hurt still at the the pinnacle of his fame during this? He was big, right? He was an alien. He was in... Yeah, but he wasn't like a, a household name. I mean, I I wouldn't have known him from seeing this. He, he's one of those British actors that kind of classed up the joint when they had him come on. I didn't know he was in Harry Potter. I just learned that while I'm trying to find this in his discography. <laughs> alien. Alien outtakes. Okay. Yeah. This was a this was really bad. Bad one. Yeah. yeah. That's what we really need. Also, we need another screwball comedy. The comedy with we're doing screwball comedies against with, with Nazis at the beginning, too. And, yeah, that little thing where they had the surrender and everything else going on. It was just. It wasn't even it wasn't even interesting enough to be in bad taste. Yeah, I don't I don't even remember what you're talking about. I have at no the idea. Be, at the yeah. beginning at the church, they were all inside the church mm-hmm. and the Italians came up and they demanded their surrender and the people came out and gave and they gave him a uh, gave Nicholas yeah. Cage the note and he wrote it that they would not surrender to any of the any of the Italians. It had to be one of the Germans to come or else they wouldn't surrender to him. Well, we have 36 64 points 64 points i say all right i I, are you do you have it you have it squared away oh and i can just throw in two other things real quick yeah number one at the end of this one in the book he never came back except when he's old man so there wasn't a happy ending in the book and the beach scene when they blew up the mine was ridiculous oh oh (laughs) i forgot about that why were they even blowing it up because they were going to just put on a big show for all the island people. 
Okay, that's why off. I blocked it out. How dumb it was. Yeah. I and remember them put... trying to roll out the cord to blow it up, and it's too short, maybe. Yeah, so then they they move it all closer so that they can and then it put that's what injures him. No, yeah, it I'd almost give that scene by itself a 10. 10 of the points right there. Do it. 54 points left. I say just I not because he doesn't deserve more. I say mm-hmm. just 10 to the director. Because I need the other now 34 points. Hmm. 44, isn't it? Well, I thought you gave 10 to that scene. Do you not want 10. to give 10 to that scene? Yeah, but we have 60. We have 60. Well, it's, yeah, 60 and then, oh yeah, 44. You're right. I'm about so we got 44 more. Okay. Time. I say I, maybe 10 points each to Penelope Cruz and John Hurt. Okay. Five to Christian Bale. And then the rest to the writer. Although right. that doesn't seem like it's enough to the writer. Which is funny if you if you read anything about the writer, how she got her start, which is interesting just because of the news lately about Robert De Niro. She started as Robert De Niro's personal assistant. She did not have a long career either. No, but she's done some others. I done why we're still actually anyway. she has had a long career. She just somehow it's like every she wrote something eighty seven, eighty eight, two thousand one, two thousand six, two thousand thirteen. All 6.7s. A nice middle in career. Just always right down the middle with it. All right. Okay, so we got 10 to the beach scene. 10 yep. to the director. Um, we'll just say a total of of 25 to the actors. Yes. And then that leaves us with... 20 for the writer? 21. 20 for the writer. 21, yeah. 21 or is it, for is the it 21 or is it 19? We should be better than this. 36. If it's 19, then. 19. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, that is the end of this one. Um, thank you again for listening to this, this Cage Equation. We're going to do a hopefully a little more interesting one next time. Um, I think we're planning on the retirement plan, which is one of Nicolas Cage's new newer movies. Um, it looks like a little more action-packed, and it's got to re- reunite him with uh, Ron Perlman. So that'll be great. Once again, you're welcome, Nicholas Cage. We uh, have absolved you of all blame. Thank you, and have a great day. <laughs> Nail. That was a good, that was a nice long delay there. Yeah. It's our credits rolling. Dude.